grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's let's keep up with with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's Keeping Up With The Windsors with me, Michelle. And me, Rachel. Welcome to today's episode. It is an absolute jam-packed bumper episode for you today. So lock in your seatbelt because we're on a wild ride with these Windsors (laughs) this week. How are you doing, Rach? I mean, I can't keep up. I feel like I've got a royal hangover. (laughs) It's been been that intense this week. There's just so much to come out. I mean, I'm loving it. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of like, oh, okay. So what do we include? What do we not include? Because there's just been so much news and engagements, information coming out this week, which is great for the podcast. But um, yeah, just um, trying to make sure we've got all the information that we need is um is difficult sometimes like you said it just feels like a bit of a hangover but we're sorting this out today don't you worry (laughs) so we had a lovely comment on our instagram this week from a listener and it was in regards to when michelle you were talking about the um history behind the state crown yeah i posted that on instagram and lindsay beardsley hopefully i've pronounced that right lindsay just said wow because obviously We had um, gone into so much detail about that. And obviously it was a lot of diamonds that we were talking about. (laughs) And we also did a live on Instagram this week with Claire, Duchess of Cambridge, Kensington. So if you wanted to go and listen to that live, um, it's saved down onto our IGTV. It was so lovely to chat to Claire. And ever since we've started this community, it's been so lovely getting to know people that love the Royals and love talking about the Royals as much as we do. So thank you for joining us, Claire, and um, we really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed listening. So what we're going to do is um, this week we are going to do a completely quick whip around, a nice little royal roundup, and then we're going to hit the royal news. So let's get going with the royal roundup. We're starting off with Beatrice. She has announced that she's pregnant. So that will Yay. be some lo- I know it'll be some lovely um, news to follow over the coming months. Um, a quick note about Beatrice is she is showing, which I assume that Prince Philip might possibly have known she was pregnant before he passed, which is always a nice little thing to think about. We don't know that for definite, but I mean, what do you think, Reg? Yeah, I mean, she's already showing. I don't, they said the baby's during the autumn, didn't they? So um, I just love that the odds, the bookies odds are already on if it's a boy. Is it going to be called Philip? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or maybe Philippa. <laughs> Philippa. Or, or we'll probably have a middle name or two with reference to Prince Philip. We're moving to William. He had an appearance at the FA Cup this week, sporting a non-biased tie in the Chelsea and Leicester City colours. So, um, yeah, it was nice to see him there. Harry and Meghan celebrated their third wedding anniversary. I can't believe it's been three years. It feels like I've just snapped my fingers and three years have passed. And we've also had Zara, who turned 40 this week. Um, so she had some birthday celebrations. So happy birthday to Zara. And we had a herd of life-size Latana wooden elephant sculptures ascending on the mile this week outside Buckingham Palace in support of the Elephant Family, which is a charity co-founded by Camilla's late brother, Mark Shand. 
And if the Queen was in residence at Buckingham Palace, that would have been a really nice sight to see from the Mall. So, Rach, what have you got for the Royal Roundup? So the Princess Royal had engagements in Norfolk this week and the Earl of Wessex visited homeless shelters in Oxford. Catherine released another Hold Still video on YouTube named Forever Holding Hands about an elderly couple who died of COVID side by side in hospital, which was, oh, it was that video. It was very emotional, wasn't it? I, I mean, I didn't cry at all. <laughs> of <laughs> course I cried. <laughs> you big cry baby. <laughs> I know, I'm such a crybaby. I'm a royal crybaby. So Catherine and William visited mental health organisations in Wolverhampton, focused around areas of youth development. And they also met Barbara the Bearded Dragon and Gus the Guinea Pig at Huggle Pets. Who I used... want to meet them. <laughs> they were so <laughs> sweet, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and these animals help assisted therapy to help children with mental health challenges or disabilities. Prince William paid tribute to Met Officer Sergeant Matt Vatner, who was shot and killed in duty last year. And he also met Dexter, the police's first welfare and well-being support dog. And this dog helps officers deal with stressful and traumatic incidents that they have come across in the line of duty. So lots of animal meetings for Catherine and William this week. Yep. And then yesterday, which was Wednesday, Catherine visited the V&A. And today, Thursday, William got his vaccine, his COVID vaccine, Yay! with a very um, muscled arm shot. <laughs> I think he was like primed and ready for that arm shot, wasn't he? Yeah. Someone's uh, been working out over lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me, so much stuff happening. I can't believe it. Like literally, my brain is like... My brain's like fried. <laughs> and on a normal podcast, we probably would have broken down some of these um, engagements into more detail. And they each have such a wonderful, exciting vibe and some great stuff coming out of it. But we just don't have time this week because we're moving to the Royal News. going to start off with Prince Charles and he had some engagements um first off starting on the 13th of May he went to the breast cancer now Toby Robbins research center which he is a patron he last visited 21 years ago to formally open the center Prince Charles heard about innovative new research taking place and the charity's latest achievements and the breast cancer charity has a mix of world-class research and life-changing care it was wonderful to see him out on this engagement especially because the amazing work breast cancer now does and the fact that he is a patron it's nice to see him back there what did you think about this engagement Rach? Yeah I really enjoyed this anything to do with a breast cancer charity one in three people are affected by any type of cancer aren't they you'll know someone or been through it yourself yeah um myself included actually I actually think it's one in two now I think it used to be one in three I think it's now moved to one in two which is crazy isn't it considering the amount of technology that we have nowadays is so important to focus the light on charities like this because the work that these scientists nurses doctors do on a daily basis it's it's incredible it helps so many people yeah definitely and then guess what happened this week i'm so excited guess what happened the prince of wales actually went to wales <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, and for all of you out there who are not from the UK, I am from Wales. I'm from Cardiff. And it was wonderful to see the Prince of Wales back in 
Wales. So he went to Cardiff and to Merthyr Tydfil. Um, he visited the BCB International, which is a family-run business that supplies protective medical and defence equipment. And guess what? The company, during COVID, actually started producing PPE and hand sanitizer. So, you know, such a wonderful company helping out during the pandemic. Not only that, I mean, Charles was very busy. He went to Merthyr Tydfil. Um, he went to a community hub and a food bank called the Engine House. They used the community hub for dance and karate lessons. Uh, and also it was one of the first COVID-19 mass test centers in Wales. So what I found very interesting is seeing the future monarch at a food bank and how that must impact him mm. as a member of the royal family, as a, a member of a very privileged and powerful family, to then see the struggle of normal people within his reign, shall we say, within his um, jurisdiction. I know like, I can't think of a proper word to, to say about it, but how that must feel, you know, mm. and also how welcoming the gentleman that was showing him around the food bank was. I really enjoyed this engagement a lot. Yeah, and I think, like you said, coming from a privileged family, I think growing up, that's why when they were children, William and Harry were taken, you know, on certain trips with their parents, just so they could see how the everyday person lives and what their struggles are. Because as a member of the royal family, they're not going to have the struggles that most people would in their life. So I think it's important for the future king, both Charles and William, to get involved with these communities and to see how the other half live as such because they are privileged, they are rich, and they're never going to have the same struggles that everybody else does. So um, so to see him there, it was quite a poignant moment, I felt. That wasn't the only engagement of Wales. There was one more. The prince toured a grade two listed Merthyr Tydfil synagogue, which was built um, in 1877 and he saw the plans to restore the synagogue to a Welsh Jewish heritage and education centre which I think is marvellous and he heard all about the renovations from the Foundation for Jewish Heritage and their plans to restore the building. Is that qu quite near to where you come from then? No well Merthyr Tidfil's probably a taking traffic between 30 to 40 minutes away from Cardiff. Merthyr Tidville's in the valleys and Cardiff is a city. So you can drive northbound to get to Merthyr Tidville. It's not too far away, uh, but it's still far enough that you wouldn't necessarily pop to the shops to go there. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the rest of the week for Prince Charles, we've had a wonderful video on the Instagram for the British Legion's 100th birthday and um, I absolutely loved it and what I'm going to be doing is any of the charities and patronages we speak about in the podcast there will be a list in our show notes so if you want to go and find out more information, there'll be links there. And also, if you'd like to donate to any of the charities and patronages, you can do that from their websites that I list in that uh, description and support these worthwhile causes. Did it last episode and I'll be doing it from now on. So if that's something you're interested in, I'll be putting all the details in the information of our episodes and guess what you can also leave us a lovely review we do desperately need some reviews actually Rach because although we have amazing listeners we also need the algorithm of 
the podcast world to know that we exist. The most exciting thing happened. We had the launch of the Queen's Green Canopy. Now, this is a tree planting initiative to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee in 2022. And how long is that, Rach? That's 70 years? 70 years. 70 years. years. Wow. Well, she is the longest reigning monarch in, in royal history. And um, also what I love about this initiative, it's to enhance our environment now and also for generations to come, which does have a lovely synergy with Catherine's Hold Still book, because that is for generations to come. And I think the, the green canopy is such a wonderful thing. So what are you thinking about the green canopy at the moment? I absolutely loved this. I think it's a great way for, you know, schools, communities to get together any of these trees that are planted are going to be here in hundreds of years to come. You know, it's so it's such an important initiative. Yeah. And also what I loved about this is um, so the hashtag that they're using is plant a tree for the Jubilee. Yay! And then we had <laughs> we had two videos. One was on the Royal Family Instagram. One was on Clarence House. And they slightly um, they, they were slightly different. But when Prince Charles was explaining about um, the Queen's Green Canopy, he actually called, he said, it's for the Queen's Jubilee. And he said, a tree believe. A tree believe. <laughs> it's, it's a tree believe. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen those videos yet. So I'm looking forward to when we're finished to go and have a look at the way Charles says tree believe. Yeah, it was it was the way he says it, like the way he pulls his face when he says it. It was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is a great initiative. And, you know, over the years, the Queen must have um, received so many gifts from all over the world. But this probably would be one of the greatest gifts of all. Yeah. This is a gift that she can give to everyone. Clean air. We've got this massive initiative to reduce the air pollution. This is an amazing way to clean up our air. We also had it announced today that uh, we'll have a children's ambassador for the Queen's uh, Green Canopy. And it's Peter Rabbit. So if you um, are not um, aware of Peter Rabbit, it's um, it's a cartoon rabbit cartoon illustrated that's the word I want to look illustrated it's an illustrated um character Peter Rabbit from the much loved children's books written by Beatrix Potter Peter Rabbit is going to be turning 120 in 2022 as well so I think this is such an amazing partnership Mm. they've got this spot on I really really I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it as we go along and I think the great thing about bringing Peter Rabbit into it is you know he's a character that has resonated throughout the years and you've probably read um, Beatrice Potter books I definitely have yeah um so for children to be getting involved because at the end of the day this initiative is for them and their children and their children's children so that the earth can hopefully keep thriving yeah yeah absolutely so next up in the royal news we have Prince Harry on the armchair expert podcast with Dax Shepherd and Michelle you're going to talk a bit more about this aren't you yeah because I love Dak Shepherd, and I've been listening to the Armchair Experts since episode one. What I love about him is he's very open and vulnerable and, you know, very candid with his struggles and what's happened in life. And he usually brings out the best in his guests. And I say usually because I actually think this uh, podcast episode, whilst I actually really enjoyed it, I think there was times in which 
Dak spoke over Harry quite a lot. And there were some questions that I was just like, let him speak. Let him just get his point of view out. However, there were a lot of different themes that came up and there has been a lot of backlash as well. The first backlash coming from Prince Harry saying about Charles and Diana's parenting. Now, I, I want to kind of say this straight away and say that I didn't think anything of what Harry said in the podcast was derogatory. I don't think what he said was bad. And I also think he said something like he wants to break the cycle, that there's no blame, that there's a lot of genetic pain and suffering that's passed on. And it comes down to awareness. And he said he never saw it and he never knew about it. And what's interesting for me is you can still love your parents and acknowledge that they didn't parent you in a way that you needed or wanted. I know a lot of people are, you should respect your parents, but also not everyone um, is parented in the way that they need. And it's still okay for him to say that. It's still okay to say, I love my dad, I love my mum, but, and then his experience. Because just because you respect your parents doesn't mean you agree with everything they did or the choices they made. It also does mean you know that they've done their best and that they made the choices they thought were the best for you. But that doesn't mean they were the best for you. He was open about his struggles with the the tabloids, with PTSD, with coming back from Afghanistan. I've heard a lot of backlash that he shouldn't speak about mental health because he's not an expert. But actually, he's an expert in his own life. He's an expert in his own lived experiences with his own mental health. So I think what he said was very just, was very open. And you could tell, you can tell, Rach, the amount of people in the mental health uh, world that he speaks to and the amount of therapy he's had by his awareness around it. Because I've been in therapy for 10 years. I'm a massive advocate for mental health and therapy. I think everyone would benefit. Not everyone benefits from specific types of therapy. You have to find your therapist, find your different type. But as soon as you find it, there's so much richness that you can gain from understanding what triggers you and why that triggers you. Mm. So you said that you can still love your parents. And obviously, we're not saying Harry doesn't love his dad. He probably obviously does. But to me, that is not how it came across in the podcast. I think because of what's been going on recently, you know, with since Harry's moved to America, um, it just feels like, especially from us looking at it, everything that he's doing now, it just feels like an attack on the family. And this, to me, felt like a bit of an attack on Prince Charles. Um, Again, you know, he said something about he feels now that he's moved to America, he feels more free. Um, But then the other day, there was pictures taken by the paparazzi of Archie going to school. So you can't be that free if you're still getting paparazzied everywhere. Obviously, it wouldn't be as much as it would be in the UK. But when do we ever see pap photos of Cambridge kids? We don't really, do we? Because there's an understanding since Princess Diana passed away that the press back off in terms of when the children, especially when they're younger, um, we only really get to see the kids when um, Catherine and William want to release something about them. Otherwise, we don't really get to see them, mm. and which it should be at the end of the day, they are children. But for him to come out and, you know, and, uh, you know, about the whole genetic pain, it was basically a lot of people were saying it was like he was calling 
Harry, it was like he was calling Charles a bad father. And then he said, and because of the way Charles was brought up, it was like insinuating, you know, that Charles hadn't been parented the way maybe he should have been. So it was like it, people, a lot of people were saying it was attack on the way that he was fathered by Prince Philip and the Queen. Again, are we looking at this too closely? Like you said, maybe he just said it in earnest, but I don't know. It feels like, yeah, he's doing a lot for mental health, but what about the mental health of his own family? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I completely get, 100% get your points on that however and this is where I'm going to differ slightly because there is intergenerational trauma and there's a lot of case studies and research at the moment into the way in which your genes are affected by the trauma of your parents and the parents parents this is the reason why I said I think Harry is being a, surrounded by a lot of mental health experts because what he's saying and I believe this is that t- type of parenting would actually have an effect it would have an effect on the queen it would have an effect on prince charles and it would have an effect on prince harry they're brought up by different types of nannies and in a in a way that they're not as important because the the parents need to be out doing engagements so that is going to have some kind of childhood trauma or separation or an attachment um, that it would affect that child so regardless of whether you're a queen or a king or a duke or whoever you are you're still a human being who needs to be attached to your primary caregiver but I also think we're looking at it through the lens of 2021 and when the queen was parented when she parented Prince Charles when Prince Charles parented Harry that was the past parenting and what they knew at the time and this is why I say there's no blame in that you know it's still okay to say I think I'm going to parent a different way because I I see things differently I'm aware of different things but we also have different parenting models now so you I understand your point in in the regard that it sounds like he's having a go But I actually think he's not having a go. He's literally just saying it as it is. Yeah, so that's basically the Harry podcast. Very polarizing again. Um, But also, I, I really enjoyed listening to his mental health story. So next up, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall made an unexpected trip to Northern Ireland. Oh my God, I was so excited when this got announced. Yeah, so excited because again, it was so unexpected. No one was expecting it and it was just a joy to see them on a trip because we've not had a trip since the Greece trip at the beginning of the year. That's right. Um, So it was was so lovely to see them. So it was only two days, but they packed so much into those two days. I can't believe how much they've worked this week. It's incredible. incredible. And let's not forget that these people are in their 70s. They're 70s yeah. and they're still working like they're in their 20s. I was going to say, because normally they'd be retired. So yeah, just remarkable. Okay, so are you ready for this? Okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. So day one, they arrived at Belfast City Hall and met with historians to discuss the centenary of Northern Ireland. And the Duchess heard about Belfast's ambition to become a city of music. Amazing. Yeah, really, really good. How cool is it about the Belfast centenary? That's amazing, the city hall. Um, Have you ever been to Belfast? Never. I've never been to Northern Ireland. I've been to Belfast and it's one of the most beautiful and interesting cities in the UK. You have to go and visit. It's remarkable. And... It has the best hop on, hop off 
bus tour I have ever been on in my life. I highly recommend if you've never been to Belfast, anyone listening right now, book yourself a trip. You will not be disappointed. It's such an amazing city to visit. So then Prince Charles commemorated Belfast's long history of commercial shipbuilding at Harland and Wolf. And this, the company's work includes iconic ships such as RMS Titanic and RMS Belfast. Um, obviously, everyone knows Titanic, yep. one of the most famous ships in the world. Um, and this was really poignant because the Duke of Edinburgh visited this site in 1977. And Charles actually met a member from the company that worked there when his father visited. How cool is that? That is so cool. And again, another poignant visit. I mean, we had Prince Charles at St. Bartholomew's Hospital last week, thanking people for helping Prince Philip and obviously during COVID. And now again, it's like tracing his steps back and having such a rich connection to his father throughout all of his engagements. Mm, Definitely. Um, Camilla toured the workshop of silversmith Cara Murphy. And this is where, Michelle, we had the fabulous green mask moment oh my god it was brilliant I loved it I was so want to get that mask as soon as I saw it I was like I, I think I like messaged you and I was like what did you think of the mask because I knew you was gonna love it capital letters I love it <laughs> <laughs> Camilla can rock a mask like no other can't she <laughs> who would have thought in 2021 we would have a style icon for masks and it's definitely the Duchess of Cornwall <laughs> So Camilla, as the Colonel-in-Chief of the Rifles Regiment, visited two rifles where she watched them conduct their fieldcraft training and opened their new welfare garden. Ooh, a welfare garden. Yeah, so obviously it's for army personnel and for them for a relaxing place to go. Um, So that was really nice to see her in her first um, appointment as Colonel-in-Chief. And then we had Charles finish the day at... Now, excuse me, because I don't know how to pronounce this. So <laughs> I'm sorry for any listeners out there that know how to pronounce this. Gulion Forest Park in County Amar. Is that right? <laughs> well done, Rach. <laughs> Let us know if I didn't. Sorry if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the park operates to reduce erosion on traditional stonework and supports local trade. Fantastic. So again, day one was filled with such a variety of different charities and different meet meeting different local tradesmen it's just so important for them to get out there to meet the people as the future king and future queen consort absolutely so what's going on on day two then so day two they toured banger market a 98 year old air market for locally sourced produce and organic goods wow the duchess visited kilcawley women's center who have provided help for vulnerable women in north down since 1995 and she also met and i actually absolutely loved this she met members of the camilla club which is a reading club inspired by the duchess of cornwall's reading room now that is amazing i was gonna say drats they've got my instagram uh, (laughs) new instagram handle how amazing for camilla though that must have been because obviously they were inspired to start book club through reading and um, watching her book club. Um, so that was great to see her talking to the members of the book club. Um, again, this is another pronunciation. Very, very sorry if I get this wrong. Drum roll, please. Charles visited Donna D. Yay! Donna D. <laughs> is that right? We have no clue where they're from. 
<laughs> and saw the town's landmark lighthouse to commemorate the bicentenary. What type of lighthouse was it, though? Was it one of those big, tall, white ones? Really stubby, kind of like, you know, you get like different type of lighthouses. Which one was it? It was a tall, white one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm just a fanatic when it comes to lighthouses, but I wanted <laughs> to know. Because sometimes you always get them pictured with red and white and all that type of stuff, but it's just a tall yeah, white one. Yeah, that's okay. like the traditional one. And Camilla's next stop was um, Horses for People, a charity which provides equine therapy. And many of the participants are veterans readjusting to civilian life. So again, um, so important. I mean, we both love animals, don't we? Yeah. Um, but they definitely do have an effect on your mental health and well-being. Absolutely. Um, so I think this is such an important charity. Yeah. Um, and you saw Camilla interacting with the horses. She was stroking them, which was so lovely to see. And then Prince Charles concluded his final stop being where he toured the sites of upcoming development projects across the village of Cowden, County Tyrone. So again... This was such an unexpected tour. It was so nice to see crowds out for them, obviously trying to keep to social distancing. Um, but it's been so nice to see them interacting with people. And what I love is the videos that we've seen from them um, when, when they're talking to people and people's reactions to them. Because, again, as we've spoken about before, a lot of people want Prince William and Catherine to be the next king and queen but it is going to be Prince Charles and Camilla. So it's really important that they show their faces and people try to connect with them on a more personal level. And I just thought seeing them on walkabouts really did the job. And I must point out as well, Clarence House Instagram has killed it this week. Maybe they listened to last week's podcast. And thought, I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. The last two weeks we were like, Clarence House, please up your game. Up your game, please. And then I swear the social media team have gone next level yeah good because they do need more recognition for the amazing work that they do so we're glad because you said last week uh, you said in last week's podcast that they do so much and they're just not um they're not ever like we don't know what they're doing because there's not shown yeah exactly exactly so I, i really enjoyed this week seeing camilla and charles you know, they're just such a lovely couple as well. And I think they get on so well together. And, you know, they're they're a true love match, Charles and Camilla, I, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So again, just such a great tour. Obviously, just a two-day tour, but they packed so much into that, met so many people. And yeah, it was just great to see them out and about. And hopefully this is the way forward now with more vaccines, more people getting vaccinated. Just I'm just wanting real life to commence again. <laughs> we're so desperate. We're like, come on, come on. <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's definitely real life when the Royals are out. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, next week, we have the trip to Scotland from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So we will be covering all of the events next week. And how many times do you think we're going to see Catherine wearing tartan, Michelle? A lot. <laughs> and I, I'm living for it. I'm expecting at least one dress, a coat of some sort. A shawl. A shawl, for sure. It's got to be cold up there. Have we ever seen yeah. a tartan shoe from her? Maybe it's time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not, it's not as, as fashionable as... <laughs> No, you've mentioned it, but you, I mean, worse things have happened. Um, that's it for this week. What an absolutely 
jam-packed show thank you so much for listening to the podcast today and um if you want to follow us on instagram head on over to at keeping up with the Windsor's pod please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast we would love to have you as part of the royal community so yeah so join us next week and until then thanks for listening to keeping, keeping up, up with the Windsor's, Windsor's.